This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their taproom in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting live from the Beer Guys Radio Studios. And this week, we're talking with Bevana. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me as always is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. Joining us today, we have Aaron Gore, the Senior Director of Business Development for Bivana. We're going to go into how the operation works, their recent rebranding, their upcoming e-commerce platform, if I can get that out, and Updog. Aaron, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, gents. You know, I want to say it now, but I'm going to save the Updog question (laughs) for later. We'll get into that. Don't resist. I mean, it's just asking. Yeah, It's just asking for it there. But (laughs) before we get into that, you know, it was a holiday week. It was this week, Brian. It Wait, was. Uh, it, it was. It was. Yes. Okay. Uh, Four twenty. Oh, is yes, a big holiday for some people, and you know, people that like to get faded or cross faded, as they say. And uh, that was it. Aaron, do you celebrate the holidays? Well, you know, I really hate to leave any opportunity for celebration uh, on the off the table. Right. So. Yeah, man. You get. You got to. You know, it, it's not my cup of tea. It does. I don't deal with it well, so I choose not to partake. And I like to go around. I forgot to do it this year, but I've got this one of Ned Flanders, a meme of Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. And it says, for all of my friends who smoke the devil's lettuce on 420, it's like Jesus is watching. Flanders <laughs> looking at you. So just let him know. But uh, I saw somebody refer to it as, I think, electric cabbage. And I'm like, ooh, electric I, there's cabbage. always a new term out there. And I like that one. I think it was, I think it was electric cabbage. So, okay. yes. That's way better than nuclear arugula. Nuclear arugula, <laughs> yes. Space lettuce, isn't that? Space lettuce. It's a beer and You wheat, know what? There's also a space arugula, I believe, from the same makers of that beer. So, Isn't it astronomical arugula? Oh, it's astronomical arugula. Monday Night Brewing, yeah. Aaron, familiar with those folks? Very familiar with those guys. Yeah. And a real missed opportunity, considering the rest of the world refers to arugula as rocket, to not just call it space rocket. See? Oh, See, man. They yeah. Could, they could have done that. Give them time. They'll get there eventually. There'll be another one. But uh, you know, you know something I was thinking about? Remember terpene beers being super cool for like 10 minutes? Oh, yeah. Is that, uh, and uh, the 420 Strain Series yeah. from Sweetwater. And of course, Brian, to celebrate the holiday, yeah, we've got a little Sweetwater 420 here. Yes, we, we had do. to do it. But, um, you know, I haven't seen as much of those anymore. And the the Hemperer was kind of a big thing. The and Hemperer, it dis- that it was disappeared. the one that would smell up the room when you opened it. When you it, opened right? it up, you could not miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys mess with any terpenes there at Bavana or, or any other substances of the like? Well, nothing along uh, the terpene strain yet. To your point, yeah. it's a bit of a passing fad. And I'll tell you what, too. You do not want to be the person after to replace the lines after Hemperer went on. That thing would absolutely everything yeah. coming after. Uh, real fun, though, if you put on like an Imperial Stout. It was like uh, drinking a weed brownie, which is great. Oh, uh, that's so- an interesting thing. Dang. We definitely do uh, do have, well, we play a little bit in that space, though. We, we just released recently Tranquilo, uh, partnership with our friends down at Bacon and Beer Company in Florida, which is a hemp seltzer with 20 milligrams full-spectrum CBD, non-alcoholic, uh, and both peach and pomegranate. So definitely, you know, something to add to your day and really be able to extend the session. 
Yeah. And you're not allowed to actually mix the CBD in with alcohol right now, right? That's that's off off the books completely, isn't it? Am I right completely on that? Off, yeah, completely off the books. And I don't think if you ask anybody, they think that's going to be something that's uh, put on the books anytime right. within the next yeah. ever. Yeah, I figure there's probably not a, a big call for that. People that want to partake in both can find ways of doing that that's without having it. stuff, Brian. Yeah, that's federal. federal. Yeah. They're not going to mock Well, they're not going to bust into your house if you happen to take a CBD gummy and drink some beer, but uh, maybe they will. I don't know. I don't know. Depends, Depends on how on many CBD gummies is, you man. have. Right. Yeah. House is packed. With gum- how many gummies is that? <laughs> that's, that's at a certain point, amount of gummies. At a certain point, this becomes a federal crime. Yes. Like, <laughs> but happy holidays to all our friends that do partake and celebrate. Nappy roots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I know they enjoyed the holiday. So it's good times. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Tim, I guess we need to get into the beers of the week. Brian, beers of the week. As we mentioned, we've got to get some sweet water for 20 today to get into that. We also we pre-gamed with uh, local beer, Halfway Crooks Farina. We went out and enjoyed their Kolsch Fest uh, this past weekend. Yep. That was a great time. From Six Point, we have Pineapple Resin. And uh, from Southern Prohibition, Spoils of War, a milk stout with maple. And, Brian, because I know you like stouts and lactose, we also have Weldworks Coffee Coconut Stout. And I've had the Weldworks one before and love that. So I'm excited to get that in my glass. You missed the headline, though. The coffee was in that's that's the big thing. I tolerate everything else to get the coffee. As long as the coffee's yeah. in there. You do what you got to do, right? Well, these days, can you even get a stout that's not doesn't have lactose in it? I don't even know if that's possible. I don't think. I don't, I don't think they don't, even don't make them it anymore. I think just, it just the lactose actually puts itself into the kettle. It's yeah, self inoculating and just yeah. naturally from the air, it's spontaneous lactosization. It's rain and lactose. Hallelujah. Spacta- spontaneous lactating? Is that a no, maybe not. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say a different term there and it was gonna start sounding dirty. And, yeah, no, no. And, and, just <laughs> and you really gotta be careful because some high brewer is gonna pick up that concept and run with it. Just go with it. Just rain and rain and just lactose. R- running around with spray bottles of it. Beer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just I don't, starts leaking I don't out the front I of it. already don't want it. <laughs> I'm already very disturbed yeah. and a little aroused by it. But I'm there not are choosing. niche websites for that kind of thing. There probably so, are. Probably yeah. are. Aaron, what you drinking today? Oh, right now drinking the uh, Xander Mosaic uh, Hazy IPA from Bay Cannon down in Florida as well. And earlier I was actually drinking the Duranka Triple uh, X Bitter from Belgium. Very nice. Ooh. Yeah, Good great. stuff. Brian, what do we got happening in the news? All right, so if you haven't been following the soap opera that is Stone in the news lately, here's the latest. Stone is now in a legal bat- battle with Sycamore Brewing, and this time Stone is the one being sued. It's over their use of the phrase, keep it juicy for Stone Hazy IPA, for which Sycamore has a trademark, and uh, for which Stone has only recently begun using, and in fact, don't, don't even have it on all their packaging at this point. Uh, as of the latest update, Stone has removed the phrase from their website, but not from their packaging, which they will continue to sell until they run out in June. That didn't fly with Sycamore, and they proposed a licensing deal to allow them to sell through the remaining stock, which did not fly with Stone. So it looks like they're going to court, even though both sides claim that they want to resolve this amicably. So In court. Amicably in court, with a smile, shaking hands. So uh, it'll be interesting. You know what? And I, didn't, I don't have full details on it, but apparently Stone is looking to get some attorney fees from Molson Coors. And it's like triple the triple, value, right? Yeah, triple the actual amount. Crazy, huh? Not just attorney fees. They're looking for, I think, something along the lines of $246 million. What they're looking to cover is that uh, that note they owe on, uh, which they're really hoping that suit was going to go through on. Yeah, yeah, I I think so. And they also have what looks like they're going to have to a payment to Sycamore at some point. I I don't see them getting out of this. They've already kind of scaled back in their usage of it, and uh, Sycamore's got that trademark. 
Man, you know, I can't argue with Stone on the the lawsuit against, you know, Keystone. You oh, know, yeah. They, I mean, that was blatant. You Completely legitimate, yeah. But, man, they seem to get tied up in a lot of stuff. Yeah, they have been called by Sycamore's attorneys a trademark bully. Apparently, yeah. they have been involved in a lot of legal skirmishes over lesser uses of stone in phrases and with different tenses and things like that. So, yeah, they have a bit of a reputation. But the most coarse thing was egregious. Yeah, so they deserve yeah. to win that one. Such a collaborative industry. I just love the, uh, the level of friendship and good-naturedness, yeah. and we'll be able to yeah. work through this together if only we sit down over a beer. Over a beer and a couple of attorneys. And, and it's 420 recently, so, yeah. you know. Yes. Until exactly. we get to the, the right size, anyway. Once we get big enough, we'll, we'll, anyway. You know what? And I think the dude from Stone was probably enjoy would celebrate 420. So sure. you'd imagine he'd be I, I a little more that. chill I, about I'm this sort of thing. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, stereotype anybody there, but I could see that. I suspect. I, suspect. I could see some partake. So. According to uh, craftbusinessbrewing.com, Lawson's Finest Liquids has built the largest solar canopy in Vermont, and that's just not comparing them with other breweries. That's the whole state. The structure features 495 solar modules covering 40 parking spots and 10 electric vehicle charging stations and will uh, mean about 60% of the brewery's operations will be powered with solar energy or about 2.4 million cans of beer annually. Uh, They did this as part of their Green is Grand initiative, which uh, also included an independent wastewater management system that they built some years ago. Uh, so this is more than just a sip of sunshine. Yeah. See, I'm, I think, and I would need to go back and confirm, but when you told me about that news story, I think when Sean Lawson was on the show, he mentioned that that was an initiative that they had. I believe that so. that was coming yeah. up. So uh, good to see that they made it happen, man. They Absolutely. have achieved it, yeah. If you want it, you can do it, Brian. If you dream Believe it, it you can achieve it. Yeah, one of those, those words. Good things. <laughs> Some of those things along those lines. Who really knows? Who knows? You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We need to take a break, but we'll be right back with more from Bivana. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. The most award-winning brewery east of the Mississippi has come to Atlanta. Iron Hill Brewery and Restaurant is now serving in Dunwoody at Perimeter Mall and in Buckhead on Peachtree near Phipps Plaza. Serving a variety of menu items from a completely scratch kitchen plus craft beer brewed 10 feet from your table. You have to try their cheesesteak egg rolls paired with a signature craft beer. Iron Hill Brewery and Restaurant, serving Atlanta in Buckhead and Dunwoody. Drop in today or make a reservation or place a pickup or delivery order at ironhillbrewery.com. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. So, you know, if you want to, go ahead and uh, wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If Remember, all episodes are available on demand, so if you miss the broadcast, get the podcast. Beer Guys Radio is available on the Podcast Park and all popular and unpopular podcasting apps. Now, let's get back to Bevana. Bevana, Aaron Gore. Aaron, um, you and I have been friends on Facebook for a while. 
uh, chat. I get that a lot. Beer t- yeah, <laughs> got a good friends list there, huh? So, chat, I know you share tons of beer news, beer information, discussion points, and all of that. Um, who is Aaron Gore? Tell us a little bit about your beer journey. Yeah, so 34 years ago, my mother and father decided they had a lot of love to share and wanted to make more of it. And Beautiful. So, you know, it's absolutely incredible. No, 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 no. So I actually come from a family that doesn't drink at all, ironically. Okay. My dad's a all minister right. and my mom is the more buttoned up of the two. So uh, I wound up discovering beer, uh, as most of us did, through, through college and uh, nights I don't remember. And worked in IT for a while after getting out of school. And when I got laid off, I asked my girlfriend, now my wife, uh, you know, man, what am I going to do? I have no idea. She said, well, what do you like? I said, I like beer. She said, do that. I said, that's brilliant. Didn't know you could do that. So I found my first job in the beer industry on Craigslist of all places, which uh, dates me a little bit. Uh, selling beer up in Rhode Island uh, for a little company out of Chicago and have been doing it ever since. Uh, did sales for years, wound up running most of the Northeast for a company for a while before moving down to the Carolinas. Moved on to being a uh, full-time uh, sales and marketing consultant for the industry. Consulted for breweries all over the world, as nearby as down the street from my house and as far away as Bali in Romania. And uh, then came on board with Community Brewing Ventures at the time. Uh, Andrew Dersowitz had just gotten the model kicked off and he brought me on to help him uh, not only with the model, but also to help bring in brands and really help mold this into something uh, workable and something that can grow and really help change the industry and been doing it ever since. Good stuff, man. Now, uh, Bivana, we're going to talk, of course, in depth about it, but what is Bivana? Well, Good timing there. I, I finished that question right as he went to take a, take a drink. It's like yeah. when the waitress comes to your table as you... It's, it's you're getting the first okay? fork into your mouth. Is how's everything tasting? And you're yeah. like, you just put it in your mouth and like, I don't know, it just I, got here. first bite. How's know? that beer tasting, Aaron? <laughs> Absolutely delicious. Good, everything good, they good, make good. over at Bay Cannon Beer Company, a partner of Bivana, is spectacular. That's there you go. Excellent. Good to know. It's good to know, man. So yeah, Bivana, tell us a little bit about exactly the uh, the structure here. What is it? Yeah. So what we really are is we're a platform. We're we're a way of fixing one of the biggest problems that the beer industry faces, which is that. You know, when you are a, a passionate maker, you, you love making beer, you love creating beer, you love just experimenting and trying things out, being connected to your community, making beer for your community, you could be making the best beer in the world. Actually getting it to people out there who might enjoy it is very, very difficult, whether it's due to, you know, lack of capital, whether it's due to the intricacies of the three-tier distribution system, which, you know, for any of the listeners who don't know, if you're a brewery by and large, especially if you're going out of state, you have to use a third party wholesaler to transport and sell your beer to retailers. And even interacting with those retailers is very difficult. Working with grocery stores, big box stores, what have you to actually be able to grow your brand is not easy. Um, and it's not a skill set most small business owners have. When you're running a brewery, it's easy to forget, you know, these are small businesses. These are folks who might have been in IT, they might have been lawyers, they might have been engineers, they might have been janitors uh, before getting into this industry. But what a lot of them weren't were, you know, sales and logistics folks. So a lot of times that's just one thing too many. So what we do is we consolidate a lot of the resources of a lot of small independent breweries all over the world uh, and really allow them to uh, allow us to, to, to go to larger producers on their behalf, take the things they're already doing great, make more of it. Let us uh, put everything in one warehouse. So it's one truck going out, you know, make it real easy on the wholesalers, make it so they only have to talk to one one major person instead of 50 smaller companies, because that's what they want to do. And that lets us have more of a voice. That lets us speak on behalf of a, a collective a group rather than, you know, trying to negotiate piecemeal, because then you're just going to get ignored. And it gives uh, all the partners that we work with, it gives us as an organization the ability to really uh, act big 
while still being small. And not only have some of those advantages of scale, but also really leverage the fact that there are advantages to being small. You can be more nimble. You know, the next hazy IPA is not going to come out of Sierra Nevada. It's not going to come out of Founders. It's not going to come out of Boston Beer Company. It's going to come out of somebody like Halfway Crooks. It's going to come from somebody like Bold Mariner Brewing Company, somebody like, uh, you know, Spoonwood Brewing Company up in Pittsburgh. Uh, so if we're able to really work with them, help them grow, help them reach customers that otherwise the only reason they wouldn't be able to discover is because of all these things that are out of their control, you know, that's really what we're here for. So I noticed looking at your website and knowing some of the terminology of the industry, I would have seen like, you know, distribution partner. I would have thought contract brewer, gypsy brewing, things like that. And I noticed you're being very careful not to necessarily use those terms, but a platform in that. What sets you apart for the companies that that are say just a contract brewer or something along those lines? Well, there's nothing wrong inherently with wholesalers, sure. nothing wrong mm-hmm. inherently with contract brewers. Uh, we work with contract brewers every day. Um, what they do though, is they specialize. What they're very, very good at is making a whole lot of beer very consistently, very good. Uh, what they're not necessarily good at is getting that beer to market. What they're not necessarily good at is uh, really building a brand or supporting these small companies. Cause for them, you know, a lot of times the minimum batch size, uh, uh, any contract brewery you actually want to have your beer produced at is going to be like 50 barrels. Uh, 50 barrels when you're producing the levels that we are isn't that much. 50 barrels for your average small brewery in the local area, that's six months worth of product. Right. And they're going to have to pay for it up front. Uh, it's getting dropped at their door. They got to figure out a way to sell it in limited distribution. It's not a good relationship. And for the contract brewers, it's not a good relationship either because now they got to deal with, again, 50 60, 70 small companies just to be able to fill up their tank. So instead, we're able to work with them and say, hey, we're going to fill up all your tanks. We're going to help broker on behalf of these small companies. Uh, We're going to be able to produce it on a much larger level. And because we're able to plug everyone into our network and our full distribution network, we have the e-commerce platform coming up, 50 barrels isn't a concern. We can go all the way up to 1,200 barrels in a batch if we want to. A lot of barrels. Uh, That's a lot of barrels. Yes. we can scale it up as we need to, and we can really grow it as we need to. So it's basically removing the barriers between what a brewery could do and the resources they have. Right. So kind of logistically organizing some of, to a certain extent, some of that uh, contract brewing for them. Are you doing some of that contract brewing or is it uh, you're just hooking them up using your larger organization to kind of leverage that to get better uh, deals with contract brewers? Yeah, a little bit of both. So we actually have an R&D facility in Newton, North Carolina uh, that we use as our initial scale up for a lot of the recipes. We want to make sure we've got their recipes down lickety split before we go to anyone else. Uh, and that really gives Levi Duncan, he's our master brewer. He actually just judged World Beer Cup uh, over the last week. Uh, it gives him the opportunity to really wrap his hands around the recipe, uh, work with the brewers directly, and really make sure he can carry it forward to some of these larger facilities and make sure it's scaling up properly. So it's not just that we're producing at these facilities. You know, we also have a stake in it, and we're the ones who are responsible then for taking it out the market and actually helping to sell it. You know, and it is something we have a, a friend here that owns a small nano contract, Gypsy Brewer. And he mentioned that he talked to a distribution partner about getting these beer out there more. And they said, just like you said, Aaron, we want 20 barrels. You know, we want 50 barrels. It's not worth it to us to do anything unless, unless we can do it at that scale. And he's not producing batches at that scale. Yeah. You know, he's making these small batches. He's going to beer festivals. He's going to these local bars and stuff like that, you know, boots on the ground marketing to this. So it's, it's hard 
You're in that catch-22, and Aaron, I know you know all too well the battle of the three-tier system and distribution, self-distribution or what have you. And here in Georgia, we just changed in 2017. It didn't make sense to open a small brewery that just did these classic small batches. And, man, some of the finest beers, like you mentioned, come out of these little guys. Oh, for sure. So Yeah, the example I always use is, you know, I know – Etsy's got its own problems and it's not an exact comparison, but sure. you know, if, if for example, I really, really wanted a, a set of, I don't know, crocheted Batman underwear. Uh, yeah. I might be one of only three people on the entire planet who wants those. And there might be one dude in Croatia who makes like 10 of them a year. If not for something like Etsy, we're never going to be able to discover each other and actually be able to me get what I want and for them to be able to actually, you know, sell the product. To me. Right. He's got you covered, man. There. He's yeah. got you covered on your Batman underwear. And with yeah. that, we're going to take a break. I'm not saying I'm wearing them now. But, but you're not saying you're not, <laughs> not right? Yeah. Yes. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We need to take us a break. But we'll be right back with more from Bevana. Have you visited Ironmonger Brewing recently? Take a trip and see the newly renovated and spacious tap room or enjoy the outdoors in their new beer garden with plenty of seating and shade to ease that summer sun. Ironmonger's tap room has a variety of craft beer and hard seltzer on tap with wine and spirits coming soon. Ready for a bit of adventure? Try out axe throwing with Ironmonger's 16 target range. It's a perfect spot for some quick fun or to host your next party or corporate event. So grab your friends and have some fun today at Ironmonger Brewing. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. guys on facebook twitter and instagram roger roger what's our vector victor now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show i want to give a quick shout out to one of our great radio affiliates kzwy hd4 94.9 fm and 106.3 fm in sheridan wyoming catch beer guys radio on kzwy every saturday at 10 a.m now let's get back to bevana bevana the name bevana aaron i'm gonna ask you this and i think i know the answer a little bit but i'm gonna let you share with us you recently changed your name from Community Brewing Ventures to Bevana. Why the name change? Yeah, well, Community Brewing Ventures really just didn't quite cover who we were and what we were about. Uh, it's one of those names that sounded really great in the mind of our founder, who's an engineer and thinks like an engineer. You know, we're, we're brewing on behalf of the community and we are indeed a venture project. Uh, you know, that, that, that works wonders. But uh, at the end of the day, we wanted something that connected a little more with what it is that we're looking to achieve and really the feeling that we're going for, really what we're trying to to project because, you know, community brewing ventures is, is fine, very technical, and we do brew, but we don't just brew. We work with uh, products across the board, pretty much anything that ferments we'll, we'll play with. We already work with kombucha. We're working with a, a cold brew coffee company. We have a hemp seltzer. So brewing uh, brewing isn't quite as complete as we'd like. We're a full beverage service. 
ventures, you know, it's 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 not about the ventures. It was never about the ventures. It's really about where we're able to transport people and where we're able to get. So if we're able to really connect people with their next peace of mind, their next point of bliss when it comes to beverages, when it comes to what they're drinking and enjoying, uh, that's really, really a better reflection of who we are. You know, I understand your point about just taking the elements and turn it into a name like Community Brewing Ventures. It'd be like calling us something like Beer Guys Radio. I know, right? Or something like that. You know, it's just ridiculous. Te- te- technically, ridiculous. Technically ridiculous. accurate, but uh, yes. yeah, it does not enco- encompass the entire scope of who we are. Right, right. Um, it's a good a thing we never did here. that. Yeah. Right. Aaron, yeah, you mentioned do something like the Tim and Brian lactating experience. That's <laughs> oh, we oh make my goodness. It, I mean... We're going to at least get a ton of first-time listeners. I don't know if they'll stick around after that, but they'll they'll tune in there for that are a first lot, show. There are millions of people we can go through. We can cycle millions, through all of them. Millions. Yeah, millions. One at a time. Uh, what, where do you want to go with it? I know you mentioned that you know the name change could kind of encompass just outside of just brewing, but what is the vision for Bevana in the long run? Yeah, so the vision for us is really to be able to provide a better way forward for small beverage companies. We don't want them to have to choose between, you know, really being passionate and dedicated and focusing on the liquid, focusing on the, the you know what they're making and their customers, and actually being able to have a successful business. There, there's a way to do both, and there's a way to keep all the things that are great about a small, uh, passionate, artisan-focused industry, and still acknowledge the fact that this is a, a business. Right. It's okay. Not a hobby. Right. And because, you know, a lot of people do think that you're making beer, man. It's just, you're just having fun. It's just a hobby. You're just out there goofing off, having a good time, but it's a lot of work. I was going to say, it can be a lot of work and still be fun and still be a business. Nothing wrong with that. You know, you mentioned something about a, a, a coffee company. I think it was a cold brew coffee company, but I saw somewhere online that you were looking into making a hard coffee and, uh, since you brought it up, I need you to tell me more about this possible hard coffee that's coming along in the future. <laughs> There's only so much that I'm able to say uh, right now. So it's a, a coffee product. We'll, we'll, we'll put it this okay. way. We're actually working directly with a small batch coffee roaster, Javesca Roasters out of Charlotte, North Carolina. They do not only fantastic co- traditional coffee roasting, we actually uh, co-run one of our tap rooms with a coffee shop during the day, brewery tap room at night. Uh, but they're also going to be providing the coffee and working with us on a uh, uh, a, new, a new coffee product that's really kind of innovative and never been seen before on the market, at least that I've seen. So uh, we're looking forward to that. So the thing that I thought when I saw that is like, oh, my goodness, I, I love the I actually like the RTD co- uh, cocktail thing that's going on that's big right now. Far more than I like the seltzer thing that seems like it's on the fade. Right. I'd agree. At the I'm with you on that. Sure. There are some great, some interesting uh, cocktails that involve coffee. And I was thinking like, well, some of those could be served cold and I would really enjoy that. So a cold RTD coffee cocktail, I might be down for that if that were a thing that you were planning on or looking into. I'm just saying. FYI, Aaron, FYI. And it indeed may or may not be, but I can tell you that uh, whatever we're going to be doing there, it's going to be nothing but the highest quality uh, coffee. I'm a huge coffee nut. I got a Chemex. An espresso machine, uh, two French presses, and a drip machine. So you know, oh, I'd nice. probably drink more coffee than, well, probably anything, including water, um, which is probably not healthy. But, uh, yeah, we're big fans of quality coffee, big fans of, of really just making sure that whatever we're putting out there is, you know, the best that you're able to get. Because at the end of the day, that's that's really the goal is make sure that people are able to have an enjoyable and reliably uh, enjoyable drinking experience, whatever 
they you like. know you know what I haven't seen, and I'm wondering if it would even be legal. Would be uh, coffee and CBD mixed together? Would they clash? I don't. I'm think not sure if I'm stealing his idea or not, but this well, just came to me just now. Well, here's I, I will tell you this as my thought on that, Brian, and then we'll we'll of course get Aaron's two cents. But I had a terpene infused stout, which I really did not think I would like because I'm not really a big fan of the tastes that weed gives off. Okay. Yeah. Fair I've enough. liked some of the beers that they've done. The stout was maybe one of my favorite ones, whatever terpenes they chose to put in that. It, it played really, really well together. And it, maybe I'd love weed brownies. Hence the, the popularity of the brownie. Yeah. The humble the, weed brownie. The humble weed yeah. brownie. So maybe, you know, mixing those flavors could be fun. I was just thinking the, uh, the all, all the caffeine plus, you know, whatever lowering, uh, lowering effect you might get from a CBD, maybe like a Delta 8, which is, I think mostly legal most places. You know, I don't let's know. spend the rest of the show trying to guess what his coffee drink is going to be. That's going to be <laughs> the whole. I'm rest entirely of the show. comfortable with this. Let's play uh, yeah. hot or cold. Hot or cold. Um, yes. Is it bigger than a bread box? So I'm looking so. at him right now, and I think I see sweat forming on his brow, but I'm not sure if he's anyway. Now we yeah. probably won't do that, but I'm intrigued by what you might have coming up. I really am. You, so, question for you: talking about the platform and that, and for let's say a small brewer is listening to this right now, and they're like, "This is something that interests me." Can you give us an example of kind of how you've worked some with a brewer or any other business to take things to the next level? Yeah, of course. Uh, first off, we're always excited to have a conversation with anybody. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, there's so many breweries out there, so many beverage companies out there that have awesome stuff, awesome branding. Uh, they're having a ton of success in their own little backyard that you've probably never even heard of because of exactly the problems we're trying to solve. So. Uh, anybody who's out there, please reach out to me, a.gore at bavana.com. Uh, I'd be the one working directly with you. So that's exactly how it goes. Uh, I, I encourage folks, reach on out to us. Uh, worst case scenario, we set up a call, we chat it out and figure out whether or not it's the right fit for everybody. But the first step is is exactly that, making sure it's a good culture fit. We want to make sure anybody who's working with us is comfortable with who we are, comfortable with our leadership team, and you know that we're comfortable working with them as well making sure that the uh, the actual uh, products, whatever they're making, is uh, you know top-notch, something that we can really get excited about, something that we think customers will really get excited about. And from there, it's, it's just a collaborative effort. We work together on recipes. Levi, our master brewer, sits down directly with them, works on uh, scaling it up. Anybody who knows anything about beer, it's not a one-to-one. Uh, you got to take things into account like hydrostatic pressure, the way the uh, yeast reacts in, in larger tanks, hop efficiencies, brew house equipment. Uh, but the goal is to make sure that the finished product is the same. And sometimes counterintuitively, that means that the exact quantities of everything that goes in change a little bit. So we want to make sure we're there with them the whole way through to make sure that we're able to to put out the same stuff that they'd be putting out of their own uh, brew house as well. Same thing goes on the branding standpoint. We have an extensive process where we sit down with them, really talk through all of the stuff that they're doing, their ethos, why they got into this. How, how they came up with the name of their company, what they've been doing, you know, really how they approach their beer, approach their market. Really just try to develop it and really try to work with them to make sure that whatever we're putting out there, it's reflective of everything that they've built and everything they continue. Sounds like All the right, way to yeah. do it, man. Yeah, sounds good. And we've done that. We've partnered with people with the radio show, making sure that things align to broaden our horizons, Brian. Yeah, does help to partner. Mutual synergies. Synergy. Mutually yeah. beneficial relationships. If you're into logistics, and Bevana is, it, it sounds to me, logistics is a big part, if if not almost almost entirely the part of, of what you guys do. Really? I think you're wrong. It's a logistical nightmare. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Logistics. Always fun. No matter what yeah. business you're working in, it's always going to be fun. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're going to have to come up with a new name after getting dissed by Aaron. But uh, we're going to take a break right now. We'll <laughs> think about our name, and we'll be back with more from Bevana. Cobb County, Georgia is home to 19 great breweries, distilleries, meateries, cideries, and wineries. This March, Cobb Travel and Tourism brings you Bubbles and Brews Craft Beverage Month. Visit participating locations and get your brew pass stamp, sample unique brews, and win sweet prizes all month long. Make sure to get double stamps on Bubbles and Brews event nights and vote online for your favorite brews. Celebrate with Cobb's best craft beverage makers throughout the month of March. Get more info now at bubblesandbrews.com. It's great to see our community coming back to life. The cold weather is fading away, and it's time to enjoy the greatest patio in Kennesaw. Join us at The Nest and spend some time with family, have a beer with a neighbor, or simply celebrate the end of another day. Make a reservation at thenestkennesaw.com for Sunday brunch and enjoy an overloaded Bloody Mary. At The Nest, you'll find smiling faces, great barbecue, and 48 taps of local craft beverages. Don't forget, our outdoor space is perfect for your four-legged best friend. We look forward to seeing you soon at The Nest. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Shake it back! Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beerguys. Patrons get cool perks like Beer Guys swag and commercial-free episodes. Now let's get back to Bevana. You know, I'm really excited about this part of the show, Aaron, because I've been waiting since the first segment to ask you this. What's up, dog? I knew that was going to come up. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. So, But up, dog. So Bivana has something called up, dog, right? What's up, dog? Yeah, so Updog is the kombucha company that we work with, okay. uh, founded by uh, Lauren and Olivia, two awesome, awesome uh, women who started in college. Uh, just because they wanted to start creating kombucha and selling it to their friends before they knew it, it grew into a bit of a regional powerhouse. And we're fortunate enough to help uh, them take that and really be able to continue to expand it to the point that uh, now it's actually our number two selling brand across our entire portfolio. Every partner that we work with, uh, we've really started to establish it as one of the big players in the kombucha space here in the Southeast. So I'm always curious with the the kombuchas that I see on the, on the shelves and available You've got some ba- interesting bacteria in there that are probiotic, but could continue to develop in the can. Are most of these kombucha products are they like are they pasteurized or are they just you just got to keep them stored cold? And so there's definitely a few of them out there that are pasteurized, but honestly, that kind of defeats the entire purpose. Because if you're doing that, you're losing all of those pro uh, probiotic benefits. You're losing all the uh, the cultures that are in there. So Updog, start to finish, it's entirely cold chain. It's the only product that we have that has to be kept refrigerated. We try to do that with as much of our product as possible in general. But uh, yeah, with our kombucha, we make sure start to finish all the way from production, all the way through uh, getting into your hands as a customer. Uh, you've got the, uh, you know, it's, you're, it's cold. It's not going to continue fermenting in there. And you've got all those live cultures. Make sure that any of those health benefits Still, still good to go. We're still there. Yeah, that's good to I know. I think there, Aaron, you may know more about this. I'm not sure, but I think a few years ago there was an issue with some people made a complaint or maybe a lawsuit because they were getting 
kombucha off the shelf that was either gushing or the ABV was higher yeah, because yeah. it kept fermenting on the shelves. And I think they said that, and maybe it's if it's not cold, you know, cold supplied, but it has to be. Some of it has to be pasteurized that if you, you send it out into distribution. And I don't know what the rules there, or even if possibly that's been updated with the, the growth of kombucha and probably a better understanding of it. Yep. So when it comes to kombucha, as long as it's kept cold, as long as it's kept basically below 50 degrees the entire way, it's, it's not going to ferment to the point you're going to get any appreciable alcohol content. Uh, it's not like you're sitting on a lager here. You know, you're not going to turn your kombucha into a pilsner. Uh, but if you have any of those that are sitting warm, uh, if you have any of those that at any point are, are not getting the kind of care and treatment that they should, whether from the supplier, from the wholesaler, from the retailer, uh, it can continue to ferment. And that gotcha. could cause gushing. That could cause uh, issues with rising alcohol. I've seen as high as three and a half, four percent 4%. So it is very, very important that if you are a kombucha company, you are taking that level of care and you're making sure that you treat this product, you know, just like a fruited hazy IPA or fruited slushy sour. You don't want those to explode, even right. cold. Maybe don't produce stuff that's going to explode unless you're keeping it cold the entire time. Uh, same exact thing for kombucha. Yeah, and that's a big debate. You know, brewers say, hey, it's like milk. Consumers that buy milk know that you need to keep it refrigerated, refrigerated yeah. but I don't think people necessarily blanket know that with beer. Yeah. Well, and it's not clearly labeled and it's not right. well marked. It's not something that they're going out of their way to do consumer education on. And here's the thing about milk milk is always kept cold. You have some of the, yeah. you're not going to pull it out of the refrigerator at the store and then take it home and be like, you know what? This milk's going to look great on my patio. I'm going to put this uh, in my trunk for three days. <laughs> Trunk yeah, milk. Exactly. That's some of the trunk best milk, milk Tim. Yeah. Have you ever tried yeah. some trunk milk? And I've got some out there in the car right now. My plastic gallon or cardboard half gallon of milk is not going to turn into a grenade. Yeah. If I do leave it out. Yeah. Too, which is another good point. The the precedent of the 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 seller, the retailer keeping it on warm shelves is kind of makes you think it's okay when it might not be in that just a matter of they're not handling the product right. So that that can in itself is kind of adding to the danger of this. So yeah, so there's a few ways. Uh, we have actually have access through some of our co-packing partners to pasteurization technology. That's one way of getting around it if you're using actual fruit juice. Uh, if you pasteurize it, no chance of it really uh, bursting on you. The other way is just to avoid using uh, anything that has high levels of the actual sugar pectin, especially in there. That's the stuff that's going to take a while. It's going to continue to ferment, make that thing into a bomb. Uh, so with stuff like that, if you're using aseptic purees, things that aren't necessarily going to ferment in there, you're careful with your process, maintaining as much brew house cleanliness as possible, uh, making sure that the ingredients you're using are stuff that's not going to ferment in the can. You definitely can. The issue is that's not necessarily something a lot of smaller breweries are either going to be equipped to do or have the technical know-how to do. Right. You know, another of your clients, switching gears a little bit, I'm intrigued by this. You have a client, Side Hustle Brews, out of the United Arab Emirates, and that seems like that's unbelievably complicated, and I, I've i never seen a partnership that's quite like that. So how how does that work, and how did that even come together? That That's intriguing to me. <laughs> yeah, so Side Hustle Brews is actually started uh, by a guy named Chad McGahee, who's an American expat, worked for Microsoft for a lot of years, Settled him, him and his family in the UAE uh, about a decade ago, just fell in love with it down there, and, and they've been there ever since. But the one thing that he was really missing was good craft beer. He's got family over here. He gets over here uh, quite often. Uh, so being able to try it over here and not being able to experience it over there was definitely something he was missing. And what a lot of people don't realize is more than half the population of the UAE are uh, people from other countries. 
uh, predominantly from countries that drink quite a bit. So one of the first questions we get a lot of times is, I didn't think alcohol was legal in the UAE. Well, for citizens, no. Well, I thought, okay. For the oh. expats, though, definitely can. Um, it's 100% legal. They have liquor stores. They have bottle shops. Uh, huge cocktail culture. So Side Hustle actually approached us. They'd already been uh, doing stuff and sending it over to the UAE. Uh, they didn't have a brewery in the UAE at the time. And uh, wanted our, our help in being able to bring them stateside. So not only have we been a producing product and sending it over to the UAE for them until their actual physical brewery gets built towards the end of this year, which will make them the first licensed brewery in the UAE. Wow. But they also are building a destination brewery up outside of uh, Pittsburgh in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, that'll be opening up this year. Uh, 40 acres, they own hop farms out there. They're going to be growing all of the grain for their own attached uh, distillery as well. So we're really helping bring this concept back uh, here to the U.S. as well and really uh, just helping get Side Hustle out in front of people because they're doing some fantastic stuff. That's really interesting in the UAE that, like, they're citizens, it's illegal. They can't, yeah. But expats, it's fine. And, that, that I mean, there's not a lot of countries that make a law that allows non-citizens more freedoms. Than it's citizens. It's it's a bit unusual. I've heard about that from other people I've known who've done contract work in the Middle East, and I think I'm not 100 percent sure. I spent some time in Malaysia. I worked over there, and I believe that uh, I don't think it's citizens, but I think it actually is a race based thing, and it's tied to religion, where certain religions can can drink and other ones can't. And there's a hefty sin tax on beer. Let me just tell okay. you, all right. The the beer, while the exchange rate did was favorable at the time, was not inexpensive there, but uh, that didn't stop expats from enjoying right yeah well that's our buddy that lived in the uae he used to go to i think he said it was a a german expat club but they would have german pork like flown in for meals at the uh you know at the expat club there and he said basically when you were there it was like being in a german bar or something you had beer you had pork you had you know pork bacon and that if you were not at the expat club it was a little more limited but he could get it all there and i i a number of so uh, during my time in Malaysia, there actually was a special. The 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 grocery stores would have a special room for anything pork related that the people, you know, the ethnic Chinese and expats could get that the you know other other people with different faiths could not get. That so everything by default in the in the grocery store would be would be beef based, compliant and, with that. Yeah, and, yeah, halal right. basically. Sure. So in in other other products in in restaurants were typically halal, but if you went to the right store, it was actually kind of like going to a you know. A, 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 an adult movie rental place. It was like a little closed the off dirty area, port, like a the little dirty beef room. Huh? I know it's the dirty meat porn, basically yes. that room. You, you didn't want to be the seen. Beads. That's yes, right. You yeah. through the curtain there. And you looked around. You felt a little anxious. There's a cow like, suspended from the ceiling. There was a cow around. suspended. I'm like, he yeah. had a ball gang in his mouth. It was just terrible. You, crazy. Honestly, crazy. you don't want to see that. Yeah. Aaron, we've got just about a minute left here. So I wanted to mention real quick, your e-commerce platform. You've got something coming up yeah. there, right? Yeah, so we're actually launching an e-commerce platform next month. It's going to be selling uh, beer and, and other beverages from all of our partners all in one place, and we're going to be able to ship uh, to most of the U.S. Uh, we're one of the only ones that's going to be able to do that. And keep a lookout. There's always going to be uh, you know free shipping offers, always ways of getting that out there. But we're really making a focus on being able to, to get the best products from all over the world, the best beverages from all over the world to you wherever you are. Good stuff, man. Awesome. Excellent. And if folks want to keep up with what is happening at Bavana, what's going to be the best way for them? Yeah, please check us out at Bavana.com. You can also find us at Find Bavana at pretty much any of the uh, the major social media networks. Good stuff. Aaron Gore, Bavana. Aaron, thank you for joining us, sir. 
Pleasure to be here, guys. Awesome. That about wraps it up, Brian, for the Beer Guys Radio Show. We would love for everyone to join us next week to talk with Cherry Street Brewing. For more craft free info, follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Thank you.